A bit better. Sam, how are we doing for time? Good to go? Good to go. It's about time now. Let's have a look. Well, three more minutes on my clock. Wow. We haven't done one of these for two months now. I'm having to learn the trade again. Okay, so we're live on Facebook, live in a couple of our groups. Okay, let's get started. Let's get started. I think it's about 11.30s, time to roll. So good morning, everybody, those who are live with us on Facebook, on Property Pillars, WhatsApp group, uh, Black Business Recommendations, uh, the network groups that follow us. Thank you so much for joining us for another edition of the Property Pillars Training Morning. Thanks for those who are who have tuned in from those regions and those people who are looking to join us on the um, Zoom link. Do feel free to enjoy and participate. Now, this morning, can I have my face on the screen, Sam, please? Are we good, Sam? Great, that's it. So this morning is going to be another great opportunity for us to learn um, and earn in the process. And I want to start by giving you all an introduction to myself and to the Property Pillars platform for those who are new to joining us today. So I want to talk to you a little bit about Property Pillars Club. Um, we've got a short video to show you, which summarizes everything that we've been about for the last three years. So I'd like Sam to initially start by showing you that intro video. Sam. The Property Pillars Club is an inspirational and supportive platform to help busy professionals 
support their property needs. We're here to help people who are looking to invest their money wisely in the property sector in the UK. As one of the biggest challenges that people face is they're so confused as to where they can get information about where to put their money, the places that give the best return, the sorts of risks that they're taking. So to save you the trouble of scrolling through the internet looking for projects, trying to read between the small prints, trying to understand hows and ifs, why don't you just join a community of property professionals who do that for you? I'm very new uh, to investing in property, so it's, it's given me a really good platform to find other people, um, great networking opportunities, uh, lots of actually online events which have been really helpful, particularly over the last year. There's a lot of good training courses as well, so as I'm new, it's been a it's created a really nice strong foundation for me to build on and so I'd really love to see, I'm excited to see where I'll be in one year's time with my new venture. One of the clear benefits of being part of a successful community called Property Pillars is that you will meet like-minded people like you who are just interested in investing their money. They'll be able to tell you their experience as being part of the club, they'll be able to tell you the risks and maximise the returns that you get. We've also done the hard work for you because we've got a range of investment projects that would meet your need. From as little as £5,000 entry level, you can safely secure your funds into one of the Property Pillars Club's projects. So if you're interested in property investing in the UK, you don't know where to start, why don't you join the community at Property Pillars Club and secure your future in property. If you're interested in becoming a member, visit the Property Pillars Club website and click on membership. Uh, we have a meeting every month and those meetings we have specialist speakers who will give you really, really useful information on property investment. And I have bought um, uh, properties through this, and uh, it gives us uh, a lot of opportunity to network with other members. Your network is your network. If you don't have a network, you're dead. Basically, if you're not growing, you're dying. You need to join a network, and Property Coolers Club is the right club for you to join if you're looking to educate yourself, motivate yourself, Grow yourself and build a multi-million pound business. Anyone has what it takes to grow. If you're not looking to grow, then you're literally dead. So I say this and I want to encourage you, all right? Ordinary people are actually transitioning to becoming extraordinary people. So build yourself a network. Make sure you become a member of the Property Pillars Club. If you're interested in property investing in the UK, you don't know where to start, why don't you join the community at Property Pillars Club and secure your future in property? Way, brilliant. I think that kind of summarizes it all, which, which is a great opportunity for me to tell you about membership and how you can register to become a member. At the moment, we're offering a very special promotion in order to engage with more people and give other people the opportunity to join our community. Membership at the moment until the 31st of December is completely free. If you're interested in becoming a member of the Property Pillars Club, it's very, very easy. Visit the Property Pillars Club website, which is www.propertypillarsclub.com. And under the membership tab, you fill in your contact details. And well, there you go. That's it. There you have it right in front of your screen. Under the membership, join us tab. You'll be presented with a form, which you need to fill in. Simple form about yourself. Submit that information to us. And a member of the Property Pillars admin team 
will be in touch with you to take you through the induction process and explain to you the benefits of joining. Again, the community is here to support you. We are an educational platform. We enable people who are interested in property to network together, to get free education and also to invest in property. We have a variety of opportunities that range from as little as £5,000 entry level that enable you to get secured returns. But principally, we're here to support you and your property needs. This is another one of our monthly meetings. So a big welcome to those who are joining us from Nigeria, from those Ghana. I can see a few of our Facebook group followers watching us live. A big welcome. We do this every month because one of the things we do at the club, and we're proud to say that we do, is we believe education is key to informed decision-making. Do not make any decisions about investment until you've had the right education, you have the right understanding from the right people. So this morning is another opportunity for you to get more education. Now, last time we did this part one session, it was very successful and a lot of people asked for part two of it. And we want people to feel free, especially those who've joined on the Zoom, to type in their questions because it is an interactive show. You'll be given an opportunity at the end to type in your own questions, listen to the expert and make an informed decision if you'd like to proceed with the investment. So this morning is all straight to the questions and our expert. The title of the show here is How Can I Achieve Better Returns on My Money Part 2? No, there's no reason why people shouldn't take attention to this because we all know right now the banks aren't giving us um, very much for our savings. So this is an opportunity for you to hear from the expert what is an alternative opportunity for us to get good returns. My special guest with me this morning is Mr. Sheikh Momin Ahmed uh, of West One Capital. Um, he's going to introduce himself and I'm going to go straight into the questions. Let me start by telling everybody to mute themselves, please, those who are on the live. And once we open the session for your own Q&As, you can unmute yourself and ask questions so that the correspondence is clear for everybody to listen to. So let me bring Mr. Sheikh Momin Ahmed to the screen. And hello, Momin, how are you? Hi, Toyin. <laughs> Great. Thanks for joining us uh, as our special guest on Property Pillars platform this morning. I appreciate your time. Now, we did part one of this, um, how can I get better returns on my money in June? Um, yes. Now, by popular demand, a lot of people wanted more information and I wanted an opportunity to speak to experts like yourself. So we're here by popular demand to do part two. So let's start by you introducing yourself to the people who are watching. Tell them about yourself, your background in property, your organization and a bit more about the developments as well. Thank you. Thank you, Toyin, for having us on the show. Um, West One, we're a small family office. Um, consider us that uh, what we do is we back developers in UK, in the UK real estate market. So we currently uh, put our own money behind development sites all over the UK based on the uh, profile on a developer himself. Um, Investors like working with us because we are backed up by strong family offices from overseas. Overseas investors like working with us, private investors as well in UK. Uh, they like it because it's an asset-backed investment for them. They understand UK as a strong covenant, as a strong jurisdiction for their investments as well. So everyone typically, they like investing in UK as it stands right now. As, as you mentioned earlier on, with this current pandemic right now worldwide, People are looking for a much more secured investments. Uh, people understand real estate, and we seem to be the gateway into UK for a lot of the platforms thereafter. 
So brilliant, thanks for that introduction. So let's to go back to the title. How can I achieve better returns on my money? I'm taking the questions from a layman's perspective. So I'm representing the average professional person who works really hard in their career as a lawyer and has got some savings put away in the bank. So my first question to you is that at the moment, let's assume that I've got like 20,000 pounds in my bank, in my NatWest account. What should I be expecting in terms of returns for my 20,000 pounds from the bank at the current moment? Well, currently, uh, that's a very good question. So the worldwide, uh, due to the pandemic as well, and before pandemic as well, we're moving more towards uh, negative interest rate. So what you're finding in the UK currently right now, the banks are looking at schemes to offer, uh, the banks being very conservative in UK. So they typically, well, an investor is achieving by putting money in their bank accounts is achieving anything between Zero to one percent, if they're lucky, and respectively. So, which effectively means that my money isn't doing anything to me in the bank, and effectively Absolutely. potentially working against me because inflation is going up and the value of the money that I put in the bank is beginning to lose value. Is that the yeah. right way to put it? Yes, it is. So, internationally, uh, what we find is uh, places like even the US, who've gone into negative interest rate. Uh, you're costing, it's costing you more money keeping your money in the bank account. And that's why people are looking at alternative jurisdictions and alternative schemes and alternative uh, investment schemes in order to grow their money. Yeah. I want to touch on another subject, actually, concerning the foreign investors, because we've got a few members who are based in Nigeria who are watching live. And yes. there's an interest from people who live overseas as well. Uh, they have other issues other than the interest is to do with their devaluation of their currencies. Can you share a bit more as to why they might want to invest into the property space in the UK? Yes, you, you are absolutely right. Uh, places like Nigeria, places like Pakistan, places like Turkey, even Russia as well. All these countries, uh, Iran as well, especially if you've seen how the currency's gone down in the, uh, the devaluation factor's gone up quite a lot in these respected countries. Due to that, obviously, uh, if, you, if you look at what your value for the money is, uh, international investors are very keen at parking their monies overseas. They like USD jurisdiction, they like uh, GBP jurisdiction, and they like Euro jurisdiction. By default, everyone prefers UK as uh, uh, an easier exercise uh, overseas investors, they always have uh, traffic coming into UK on a regular basis. So they find UK being a strong covenant for them, uh, especially with the UK coming out of Brexit as well. It's made it a lot more attractive for overseas investors. But you're rightly, uh, like you discussed, it's a devaluation factor is a huge factor because obviously if you can see your uh, local currency going down in value on a year in, year out basis, that hurts an investor. So while you're making good money locally, but if you compare it to uh, your what the value for the money is internationally, uh, that seems to be giving a huge tip on the actual income. Yeah. So this these are one of the reasons why uh, overseas corporations are beginning to look elsewhere, uh, and the UK property market has year on year on shown um, value. It's a relatively secure place, a safe place. People know London. They know UK. They've got connections to the UK, they've got children at universities or schools here. So they've got every reason to consider UK as a safe haven for property investing internationally. So going back to the other question, um, 
for me, going back to me as a typical lawyer with £25,000 in my bank. So I now hear that the bank is doing nothing for me. So there's no point in me wasting it there. It's working against me. So if someone like me, what would you say are the alternatives to me keeping my money in the bank? Because I know that there's Bitcoin. I know that there's stock markets. I know all these other things. So for someone like me, just advise me generally, what do you think are the alternatives for me? Well, likely what you just said right now. So if you've got money in your bank account, it's uh, the most important thing is the money should be working for you. Mm. And how the money should be working for you, then you obviously got to decide which uh, areas that you want to be investing in. Mm. And a lot of people in the market, uh, what they typically do, they back what the market flow is. A lot of people do invest in stocks and shares, right? That, that's been a successful sort of a return on the investment if you understand what you are doing in the stock market. Uh, a lot of people have invested in Bitcoins. A lot of people have invested in crypto coins as well, cryptocurrency as well. Yeah. And then you have the ones who are very conservative that they are looking, they understand real estate. So a lot of people do invest in real estate because they understand that the whole world understands a real estate uh, investment. Real estate could be segmented into now, depending on the exposure an investor wants. So the investor can invest into a rental portfolio where typically they can achieve uh, uh, in, in UK currently right now, if you're investing in real estate in central London, you're looking at 2%, 3% yield. If you're investing outside of London, outside the M25, and you're going stretching all the way up to the north, there are opportunities that can, that can give you an income yield of anything between 5% to 8%, which is considered very uh, attractive from an investor's point of view. The second segment that you can put into real estate is what we educate our investors and what Property Pillar educates investors as well to maximize their return by backing development sites. So development, development sites achieve a lot more than a rental income, but they follow the same classification, same jurisdiction as you'd be investing in a real estate, you're investing in a development space as well. The third area of investment would be just on a trade side. Uh, where typically that uh, you most likely back uh, um, a site that you've purchased uh, with a view to sell it to a potential uh, buyer coming in at a later date. So these are the three areas that uh, I feel on the property side, which are very popular for investor from an investment point of view. Sure. Okay. So now it's from the sounds of it, with me, I'm very familiar with the buy-to-let concept, which is what I've done, got a portfolio. And, but what I'm not familiar with is the development side, which sounds as though gives me better returns than the buy-to-let with what you've said. Um, so with that in mind, I want to know more about that development space. So for me, what are the securities? With the buy-to-let, I know my security is there. I buy the property. I've got a mortgage on the property. I rent it out. I manage it. And I get my returns. I keep my 4 or 5%, whatever I get out of it. But I'm not familiar with the development side and securities there. So... Tell me a bit more about the development side. If I wanted to partner with a developer, part with my £25,000, what are the securities for me there? Yeah, uh, so typically, uh, Toyed, as you mentioned, one, one route is investors would like to learn uh, themselves how development would work. So at first, they'll go and buy something themselves and run the whole program themselves, which is pretty costly. Uh, if you had 25,000 pound or less, 
and you want to you know to repeat that cycle again and again it's a full time job yeah so in respects to uh, if you wanted to back a developer uh the scheme the investment works exactly the same way as you would do uh investing on a buy to let program uh the banks with the developer are the uh first uh risk takers onto the site sure. and the investor would be stepping in onto the second space alongside with the developer thereafter so security wise it it is an asset back investment whatever happens uh to the investment from a security point of view you are part of the uh the project you're part of the site you're on the site with the developer so there's some sort of a, a form of security there the additional security applied would be in the form of being part of the shareholders agreement depending on how much money you're putting in with the developer and with the scheme of the development size as well thereafter mm-hmm. so the shareholder agreement is uh typically an education piece that we educate the investors that sits uh, that that kind of uh, a binding legal contract that you have overall which protects the interest of the investor protects the interest of the developer protects the in- interest of the site as well thereafter sure. yeah brilliant i just want to add this is an interactive show so be ready with your questions at the end um i've got seven questions for momin we're on to the fourth one now and he'll be happy to take any of your questions for those who are watching on the zoom link so we're Thank talking you. about securities so now go back to the scenario of me being somebody that's not familiar with development um i don't know where to start who to contact if i was to for example go on google and just look for a developer you know just off the cuff what sort of things would you advise me to look out for when looking out for a developer that i want to partner with to invest my money into his projects what are the things that you will advise me to check uh join very good question uh that obviously evolves off from the previous question that you that we were discussing uh difficulty is uh, development is a completely different space yeah. right so obviously development requires it's a construction program there depending on how large the site is because some sites could be just a refurb simple refurb you buy something from an auction you refurb it you put it back into the auction or you put it back into the open market there yeah. and th- that's a quick turn turn around if you understand you have a contracting team etc there where we find the education part is is trying to repeat that cycle and that yeah. cycle is a full time job for a developer a contractor and an investor as well potentially an investor who's looking to achieve that sort of a return on the money then they understand that this is one of the uh, segments that they're investing in mm-hmm. so this is this brings it where we find it uh, from our own uh, point of view um, every developer uh, walking in or every developer uh, who does two to three sides or he's looking for co-investors to come in to participate first of all why the developer is looking for co investors coming in developers who are doing two to two to three sites in a year they have the money uh, in these two three sites so they found the fourth and the fifth that they intend to do the sites they've done the appraisal and uh, they know that the sites would be making money if they bought the site out so then they will approach uh, investors to participate sure. now as you know typically when a developer walks in and discusses a site with the investor he would say that he's got the best side he's the best developer on the planet and uh I'll back him because it's it's giving xy it's it's giving this sort of a return in respects to the scheme itself so what we 
what we do is we sit down with the developer. Our role, because obviously understanding our property in a lot more detail for the last 15, 20 years now, uh, our view towards the site is simply uh, every developer, let's say, for example, the end value for the site is 10 million pounds. Our view to the developer is that, look, it is worth 10 million pounds if you've actually bought the site, you've built it out, and you've sold it. Mm-hmm. Until then, you can't really recognize that, uh, crystallize that profit value towards the towards the site. Sure. So this puts the developer on a very straight and narrow footing with the uh, likes of ourselves. He needs to demonstrate why the site is worth 10 million pounds. So we work yeah. backwards with the developer. So he purchase prices, what the cost towards purchasing the site is, what the contractor is using, what's his profile for the uh, for doing sites sites like this. If it's a 10 million pound sort of a site, it's pretty valuable in yeah. respects to the actual uh, development site itself. Yeah. So he, we would need to demonstrate what his track record is. He would need to demonstrate what his track record is, what his delivery profile is, what timelines that he's worked in the past in regards to. If he's in the, and, and the most important thing is what his exit strategy mm-hmm. is as well. Sure. No point building uh, uh, one of the examples that I like to give out to potential investors uh, so that they have a better understanding is uh, take London as an example. If you build 100 units in prime London, uh, you're talking an average sale on every apartment would be £2 million each. So even though if you have a construction program, which is two years for building it out, a lot of developers will assume that you would build it out and you would sell it within that two-year timeline. So what typically happens is that, yes, the developer in this scenario has found the right location in Prime London. He's managed to get the right financing behind him. He's managed to get the right contracting in. He's there on the site every day. He's doing everything uh, as to the construction program there. One thing that he has not uh, evaluated is his sales techniques in order to sell the 100 units and it's very very difficult in this current climate as we've seen to sell 100 apartments in prime london when there's no you know uh you've got like in this scenario would be a pandemic right now has not allowed people to come in into uk to purchase these sites there vice versa if the site was in somewhere within the m25 or in outskirts of the bigger cities like some Birmingham or Manchester, where the traffic has been a lot more stronger, where people have been looking for alternative houses to upgrade uh, the accommodation. And there were 100 apartments or 100 houses built around there. You would assume and you would take a a strong uh, value towards that the timelines for uh, selling those apartments or those houses there would would be much more stronger. So that would fit someone's construction or there's someone's business plan and respectively to that. So I guess the most important part would be is managing expectations from the developer's point of view, managing your own expectations as well. And that obviously comes from a value of understanding the development side, understanding the developer, understanding the profile, understanding the timing as well for the site, Mm -hmm. that uh, whether he is or he or she, the developer is looking at an 18 months or a 24 months sort of a build out time thereafter. So these all these things need all to be things. considered. Yeah. So in a nutshell, to save me the hassle of looking for a developer and looking for a project, if I was to come to you, you've done all that hard work already. You've already done the due diligence, you've spoken to the developer, you've looked at the 
credit factor, you looked at the planning, you looked at the section 106, you looked at everything that's relevant. So I don't have to do all that hard work myself anymore because I've got you lot on my side to do that. So that takes a lot of stress off me. So I know my 25,000 pounds can go safely into your family office control and you manage and oversee the project for me and just give me my return on the expected timeline, which is great. Okay, so thank you for that. The next question, now this is a question I get asked all the time and I'm posing it on behalf of many people that call me, is that concerning the financial conduct authority? Um, a lot of people are aware of the FCA, they've heard about them and what they represent and who they represent. My understanding, if I'm correct, is that they're there mainly to protect the consumer, um, the retail consumer against um, scams or against um, losing money or against developments and things that go wrong. And my understanding is that they've got a scheme in place that awards certain amounts of compensation for certain FCA regulated developer. But my also understanding is that the investment development space doesn't require a developer to have FCA regulation. So in other words, they can bring on um, investors and not be FCA regulate, regulated and work the investment process and give those secured returns. So I wanna ask a very simple direct question. I'm an investor, should I go with an FCA regulated developer or should I not worry about the FCA and go with the developer that doesn't have the FCA if I'm satisfied? What's your opinion on that? Well, first of all, I believe a lot of the developers are not FCA regulated. Yes. Uh, because it's a space that uh, pretty much what FCA stands for and what they do, they protect the interest of the retail uh, investors there. Yes. And if you would see a lot of the, uh, the returns on an FCA platforms, which are there, they're not very significantly, uh, they're not double digits to start no, off no. with. So they're all single digits. So they're very conservative. Yes. FCA keeps a very strong banner against, against them. So I think, uh, first of all, you're not going to find a uh, majority of the uh, development space would not be on an FCA regulated yeah. sort of a platform there. Mm -hmm. uh, where we find ourselves uh, with our track record currently right now, putting our own money behind development sites, it's an understanding of what we achieve. Yeah. So again, it boils down to uh, it's a completely, it's a real estate uh, asset back investment there. Our investors, they understand it's uh, on an unregulated sort of a space because yeah. a lot of the investors that we onboard, they come from a, a much larger institution, private uh, family offices, uh, H&Is as well. And uh, uh, people who are looking for a secondary sort of an investment that they pulled money together in the last couple of years and they're comfortable putting money into a UK platform there. So sure. I believe with... So uh, is, uh, yeah. So in other words... Um, you don't have to be an FCA regulated developer. Um, most developers, like you rightly said in my sort of research, the ones that are FCA regulated don't offer the best returns. Um, you know, they can give you five or seven percent return uh, because of the regulation. Uh, whereas a, a non-FCA developer might give you fifteen to twenty percent returns, which is obviously double what the others would give you. Um, however, you've got to be satisfied within yourself that the risk that you're taking is an acceptable level of risk and you're comfortable with the developer and the development having taken all the relevant legal advice um, from the independent people that you bring on board. So basically that's, that's the way to look at it. So now going back to my 
scenario of being a woman with 25,000 pounds saved who wants to put it into a development project. Tell me, what sort of risks do I need to be aware of when I decide to partake with the developer on the project? For example, COVID is one unpredictable risk. The economy, interest rates. I mean, what are the things that I need to be aware of? You know, do you work to time? Do you work to budget? What are the things that may likely potentially go wrong if I decided to part with a developer, 25,000 pounds, over that 18 month period, in your experience? So um, I'm an investor myself as well, to start off with, join. And obviously where I differ from a lot of the investors coming in is I'm the operator who backs the developer uh, in UK. So for me, uh, for likes of our outfit right now, we have to be the ones who do the, uh, the due diligence, right? Yeah. So if there was an investor who wants to invest behind a developer, the first likely thing would be um, is understanding where the site is. What I mentioned earlier on, what the, where the site is, what the developer's profile is, who the contractors on the site would be, what, what sort of a timing uh, the development site would be taking account of, and what the exit strategy for the development site would be. The exits, so if you start off with the exits, right, that's, that's a good point to understand where the location is, how far it is from the transport uh, facilities there as well, how far it is from the schools around the surrounding areas, and how uh, nowadays the biggest advantage we have is everything is accessible online. Yeah. So anyone can do a basic research, just finding out okay. that the value that has been put forward by the developer or by the operator, how they qualify, uh, are, the num- are the numbers stacking up? So the first round could be achievable very much online, going through yourself, doing a basic uh, 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 information yeah. gathering and speaking to a few people within the locality just to understand the, the, the site itself. Then the next step would be is understanding the developer behind it, uh, understanding what the developer's track record has been, what they've been doing, what they've been involved in, what, how does this compare to the other sites that they've done uh, previously there as well. Sure. The most important uh, part where I find uh, ourselves to be quite successful and quite understanding a development site, should a developer have a bank behind the development yeah. site there, right? So this is this is where you know uh, what a lot of other platforms do. They do like a crowd, uh, a crowd uh, yeah. funding platform, right? The, the only problem with the crowd funding platform is that they advise a very good return or a solid one-digit sort of a return, but they do the whole development side without an angle of having debt financing there from the bank. Yeah. So the whole emphasis then uh, results back to the developer the operator themselves. The difference what we do is because we look at uh, our GDV, to give you an example, our sweet spot in the market is currently right now that we will look at sites which ultimately our end product would be valued anything between three million pound to 25 million pound. So how we achieve that is not by putting the whole three million pound or 25 million pound towards the site, we would get bank finance behind it. If you have bank finance behind any of these sites, then mm. it makes it a lot more uh, risk adverse yes. from a development point of view. Because as you, uh, this is what I try explaining everyone worldwide, is the UK banks are very conservative. Yes. So if you've got the uh, the UK bank behind a development site there, then 
majority of the checks would have been undertaken by the bank. And that demonstrated to an investor that this is a good scheme. The banks are behind it. It's a good operator there. There's an exit strategy there. The money never, uh, the money which the investor invests goes towards purchasing the site, yes. right? Goes towards financing the site for the 18 months cash flow, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously, uh, if those two uh, parameters are there, then it becomes a, a much more attractive uh, investment, security wise, risk wise, to invest into, well, parting with your 25,000 pounds. Yeah, I like that because you're quite right. Because um, obviously having done a lot of work with developers in the last couple of years with the club, I realized that from what I've interviewed many of them, they've all said the same thing, what you're saying today, which is before a bank will come and back our project, um, you know, give us credit back terms, they themselves have gone through a lot of due diligence about us as individuals, checked our pedigree, our background, gone into details, and they've decided to back it. So that's sort of a good indication that it's been approved by the, the banks, who are the people who take the biggest risk on the development and the developer. And therefore, you come in a relatively small scale investor in this grand big scene of everything else. So it's just then to satisfy yourself with the rest of it, which is the way the structure of your money is secured um, and the way the processes work and whether you can live with the acceptable risks that even the bank can't control, like COVID, for example. You know, is it something that you can survive? So that's really great. So anyway, I wanted to ask, now that I've made up my mind, I would like to invest with you, my yes. 25,000 pounds, what available projects do you have at the moment? Now, Sam, I'm gonna need Sam's help to go to the Property Pillars website and look at the current available opportunities. If you can share that screen with us, we could talk through the three sites that Momin has at the moment, because we've actually put them on the website. So if you can do that whilst we're talking, tell me a bit more about the uh, the projects that you've got at the moment and why they're very interesting. Let's look at Lexa Muse as an example, which is uh, the first one down the left. Yeah, Lexa Muse. So talk me through this opportunity, Momin. Uh, so Lexa Muse is an opportunity which uh, another developer brought to us. Uh, so he's been on the scheme in respects to the uh, enhancing the planning. So well, where, it, where is this development? Where is it? Oh uh, yes, uh, Lexa Muse is a development in Kensington. Kensington, so prime, prime London. Yeah. Prime London, right? Okay. So it's an opportunity to develop three houses. Yeah. Uh, currently, as it stands right now, the uh, there's commercial downstairs yep. and apartments on the on on top of it. So you're mm -hmm. looking at three independent buildings with commercial downstairs and uh, apartments above. The opportunity here was to put it all into one uh, mm -hmm. residential and taking advantage of the uh, PD scheme, which the government is currently much more favorable on. So the opportunity over here is to make it into a single house, uh, right. three single houses yeah. uh, and applying a basement dig out, which, mm -hmm. uh, which has become very popular in this in this area currently okay. right now Brilliant. yeah okay so that's the first opportunity can i just ask in terms of the entry level um it's a yeah. hundred thousand pounds entry level is that correct and what correct. are the returns uh we are looking at a, a 20 percent return per annum we're oh, looking at a timeline on the project for 18 months so yeah. investor putting a hundred thousand pound in would be benefiting their capital return back to them and a thirty thousand pound on the completion of the project Brilliant. That's a good one. So that's ideal for corporate investors 
who might be interested in coming on board on that. So let's look at the Chesterfield project, which is project number two. So talk us through this one, please. Yeah. So Chesterfield uh, project is a very interesting and unique opportunity. Where is it? it? It's in Chesterfield, which is just below Sheffield. So it oh, is right. about three hours away from London sure. itself. Gives a con it gives a contrast. Uh, if you, uh, when you when you get a chance, if you go through the value on both the uh, both uh, the the three development sites, sure. you would work out that Chesterfield, where where it is located, this opportunity came to us with the uh, potential to build out a hotel and yep. a residential scheme together. Okay. Uh, on the hotel, what we have done achieved is we've managed to get, like I was uh, um, uh, on our conversation, I was emphasizing on exit strategy. Yeah. So on yeah. Chesterfield, for example, to build out a hotel, we went to a tier two hotel operator yeah. and we negotiated a 25 year lease. Mm -hmm. The opportunity is to build out 133 bedroom hotel uh, in Chesterfield. What, what the 25-year lease does is once the hotel's built out, the hotel, the operator would be paying a, a, a quarterly sort of a rent towards this side for the next 25 years, which oh, becomes wow. very attractive as an exit uh, product. The banks like this as well before financing uh, um, a development site like, like uh, this hotel being there. The second scenario was to build up the 33 uh, apartments right next to it. So you're yeah. building two uh, separate blocks, one yeah. block for the hotel and yeah. the second block to make it into a residential scheme. So yeah. there's Chesterfield as a town, quite attractive. Uh, there's good network lines there. There's, there's good universities there. Sheffield is the major city around the Chesterfield area there. So again, on this project, uh, we're looking at uh, a requirement of about 1.5 million yeah. equity. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we are looking at a two years timeline two years on this today. project, right? Okay. So as you can imagine, uh, building a house in London versus building uh, an opportunity that big up, up north, we have to manage the right timelines there. So we're looking at, again, on Chesterfield, we're looking at a 20% return per annum to yeah. the investors who are participating in this yeah. project and uh, a potential for the investor uh, if it's a large-scale investor, they can retain the asset as well as an income-yielding asset. Fantastic. So somebody can come on and bring in the money and potentially retain the asset as well? Yes. That's, so it's that, a quite that's, a good opportunity. It's a lovely opportunity. That's great. Now let's look at Trogunta Road, which is the one that I really love because it's in a part of London that I really love very much in Chelsea. So tell me about this opportunity. Yes, so this opportunity, uh, Trogunta Road is... Uh, a very uh, exclusive road in uh, Chelsea itself. Um, to give you an idea, uh, you this is uh, you, you, this is in uh, parallel to uh, Bolton's, which yeah. is considered the most expensive road in Chelsea itself. Yeah. In Bolton's, you're talking uh, where the average houses is about ten thousand. Yep. Are we frozen? Uh, Bolton's would lead into Trugenta Road. Yeah. Uh, uh, on Trugenta Road, you have likes of... Um... Yeah, I'm here. Are we yeah. frozen? 
Yeah, we were for a little while. On, okay. on, on Tregenta Road, you're talking uh, where on the Boltons, you're talking 4,000 pound to 5,000 pound per square foot. On Tregenta Road, you're talking uh, 2,800 to 3,000 pound per square foot. Sure. So, which is very expensive mm -hmm. uh, considering other parts of London, other parts mm -hmm. of the nation thereafter. Yeah. It's an attractive road because you have likes of Hugh Grant who lives on the road. You have likes of Frank Lampard lives on the road who's the footballer for Chelsea. Yeah. Uh, you have the likes of uh, a few family uh, from abroad, uh, royal families who, who, who live on the, on the road. So it's a pretty desirable location. The opportunity over here is there's only two houses on the street yeah. which were uh, apartments, that they yeah. were three apartments or four apartments there. The opportunity over here is to convert uh, three apartments mm -hmm. uh, into one single dwelling house. So okay. the opportunity was to enhance the planning and yeah. do a double basement dig out to start right. off with, which has become a lot more uh, difficult to achieve currently right now. So what we've what we've done is the the difficulty. Uh, uh, what what I found was that international investors, especially the ones who we deal with, coming from Middle East. They understand Prime London only. They think yeah. that Prime London is the country yeah. for them. But we 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 worked uh, uh, this transaction and Lex and Muse so that we can uh, attract uh, and uh, educate those investors that look there's the same opportunities which are available outside of London as well. So in this yeah. particular one, we're looking at uh, raising about 1.4 million mm -hmm. as a hard equity. Uh, we're looking at an 18 month sort of a timeline. Yeah. in respects to the build and in respects to exit as well. So we're yeah. looking at a construction program of 15 months, which includes a basement dig out and putting the three apartments into one yeah. thereafter. The investor return on this again is about 30% mm -hmm. uh, for a uh, 20% annually and a 30% yeah. based on 18 months uh, built and exit for an investor there. Brilliant, okay, that's great. So that sounds really good. Thank you for sharing those opportunities. For those of you who are watching, and um, we can stop the screen share now, Sam, thank you. Those of you who are watching, those are the three opportunities that we currently have live. And I know that some of you are thinking, 100,000 pound entry level, I can't do that. That's fine. We understand that. We also understand that most of you have a network of people who can. So if you're interested in working with Walter Pillars Club as an introducer, that you can bring on corporate investors who have an appetite for these sort of investments, We'll be very happy to work with you and you'll be paid a commission for your introduction. So feel free to introduce people in your corporate space who might be interested in any one of those three investment opportunities which are currently live with West One Capital. So whilst I'm on the topic of the lower entry level investment, we haven't forgotten the retail investors within the club who have expressed to me many times over that they would be interested in investing smaller amounts into returns that give them between 10 and 15%. Now, I just want to announce to you that very shortly, we'll be in a position to present to you an opportunity to invest smaller amounts with developments. And that's going to be presented to you at least within the next four weeks. And I'll be doing a show similar to this giving you the, all the education and all the information that you can proceed with to go away and consider. So stay tuned with us. Now, I'm turning the tables over because I'm done with all my questions. Thank you very much, Mumin. I'm going to refer now to those on the um, this Facebook page as well as on the Zoom if they have any questions for either myself and Mumin about what you just heard. So fire away. Anybody? I'm going to pick somebody if nobody offers. <laughs> If you've got a question, just unmute yourself 
and let's hear the questions. Anybody? They seem rather quiet. They're a bit shy. <laughs> okay. Well, it doesn't seem as though we've got any questions at the moment. Um, but for those of you who have joined us for the first time, I just want to say a big thank yous. I'm about to round up. This is um, the monthly training that we at the Property Builders Club do. We invite people, uh, first of all, to get education, which is why we do these, these training sessions, to get the understanding and to join the Property Pillars Network. Within the Property Pillars Group, you have access to the like of Mumi, um, who will be in the group, who will be in the club, where you can see him and ask him your own questions. You'd also get to meet like-minded property professionals, which we have a WhatsApp group that we engage with. We'd also have access to more opportunities for you to off-plan developments, to buy off-plan developments, which is available on our Property Pillars website under Buy a Home. So if there's anything else you'd like information from me, please go to the Property Pillars website, fill out the contact form, and a member of my team will be delighted to assist you in any way. So I just want to close and say, well, since there's no more questions, a big thank you to Momin Ahmed of Westman Capital for joining us this morning. Thank you, Momin. Thank you. Thank you, Toyan. Thank you, Property Pillar. Thank you. And a big thank you for those who have joined us live on Facebook, the Black Business Recommendations. They've joined us uh, live. And for those within the Property Pillars Facebook group, uh, our WhatsApp groups, as well as those who follow us on our YouTube channel. So we're going to be back again next month. Uh, it's going to be a similar time to this, the last Saturday of the month at 11.30 a.m. But we'll give to you another important training session with another property expert. So stay tuned and stay blessed and have a lovely Lovely, lovely time. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. See you all next time. God bless. Thanks for joining.